Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I think, you know, 2020 has just made me really, really focus on two main things, which is health and relationships. But it's possible to do that while running a successful business. So 2021 will be really interesting. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. This holiday season, get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger and get a free trial of premium membership. Thanks to Fiverr for supporting Gold Digger. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or project. From graphic design to copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more, get 10% off in the service you deserve at FIVERR.com with the code GOLDDIGGER. All right. Today, I am so excited to talk about what it looks like moving forward in the world of marketing. And I get to speak with none other than the incredible, the amazing, the life-changing Kylie Keenlo of Team Jenna Kutcher. <laughs> Welcome stop. to the podcast. Stop, stop. No, keep going. Don't. <laughs> well, oh. what a fun new series that we added to the show in 2020. I mean, 2020 had its, you know, roller coaster moments, but being able to get on the show with you like once a month and ask you about all the things that I'm personally curious about, but also the Gold Digger audience is curious about has been so much fun. And this is our last one of 2020. So that's, that's cool. Yes, I have personally loved it. And there have been so many things that this past year has just challenged us in like, why do we do it this way? Or, or, 
or what's a new way to try something. And this has just been so fun because for me, I love getting interviewed, but we haven't really had the bandwidth or the ability for me to get interviewed on other platforms. And so this is just such a fun way to have conversational episodes about really specific topics that we love to chat about, whether it's online or offline or in Slack. And so we basically just get to let people listen in on what we're really talking about behind the scenes. Yeah, I love it. Anytime you want to get me up to a mic, I am there. So this has been so (laughs) fun. Well, since we're already talking about a look back on 2020, and we're going to have this entire conversation about, you know, forecasting and looking ahead at 2021. One thing that you are so good at, and that I noticed, like from the first moment I joined the team is that you're so good at analyzing and auditing and recognizing where we've been, like what the last year has looked like, and then using that information to inform our next moves. So what does it look like as you're looking back on 2020 or, or any year? What does an auditing process look like for you? Yeah, it's so fun because I've always said I'm a nerd with numbers. And it's funny because numbers just give me that information that leads me to feel like we can make powerful decisions. And so numbers give me that confidence in the direction that we're headed. And I always love doing this mega data poll at the end of the year. Like I actually get really, really excited about looking at everything. And we tend to do these like micro polls each month or each quarter. But I really love to kind of take a step back and look at the year as a whole from a number standpoint. So beyond just doing like the monthly balance sheets, which we get every single month, I want to really dig into like which offers performed the best, which ad costs were the lowest, which episodes were downloaded the most, which blogs were clicked on, which affiliates performed the best. And I just think it's so incredible to have this sort of information so that we know where we're headed. And a lot of times people only look at their numbers, like their accounting statements, but that only tells you so much. And so I like to have this kind of holistic look at the entire business in terms of results, not just money, and use that as a start of the roadmap for what's next. So one of the things that I always find when I do these massive data pools is that sometimes we're surprised by the results. Like there will be a certain offer that we didn't expect to be a front runner or a certain course that is performing way better than the others or a certain affiliate that is driving massive results. And I think it's really easy, especially on a team like ours where we're so systems oriented to kind of just create the system and then follow the system. But when we kind of lift our eyes up and start looking at that information, it gives us this guide to move forward with confidence. And I think confidence is queen when it comes to entrepreneurship. I love too that a few times a year, and especially at the end of the year, you give yourself like dreaming space and you take all these numbers and then you apply that to how you want the next year to look and feel, not just how you want it to perform. Like I think you've sent us like a picture of your notebook on top of your bathtub tray. And that's like where the magic happens. That's where like all the dreams come from. So can you talk about like how you're looking ahead at the next year in terms of like how you want it to feel? 
Yeah. I love that you say that because I think a lot of times when we set goals, they're usually these things that we really want to measure. Like you and I, we are a huge fan of smart goals, specific, measurable, actionable, attainable, time sensitive. Um, what am I missing? Realistic. Yes, and are. <laughs> we love those. I know. I was like, I'm going in the wrong order here. Dyslexia. We miss it. But I have really found that sometimes success can feel empty, right? When we're just crossing off numbers and things like that, numbers are information, but numbers don't necessarily evoke how we're going to feel about something. And so I've really shifted my approach to goal setting. And it might sound a little wooey to people, but I really want to start with how do I want to feel? What does success feel like for me? And then how can we make sure that the things we're working on, the projects we're doing, the launches, we're creating, the products that we're making, how do those align with how we want to feel? And one of the things that I think has been so solidified in 2020 and such a blessing is the connection among our team and the alignment of where we're heading and that focus on waking up and feeling a certain way about what we're about to do. So for me, I remember even last year when I was writing out my list, like I drew a picture of the house on the lake and I just said like, like, I want to feel peace. I want to wake up and feel like excited and creative. And sometimes those goals aren't necessarily measurable. And I think that that's something that's really important to hone in on so that you don't find yourself chasing these empty goals and accomplishing them, realizing that they feel a lot different than you imagined. I just have to say that that piece of advice that you spoke into my world this year that I needed most that to make decisions, you know, based on peace and that protect your peace. That was the most valuable piece of advice I got in 2020. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think if it costs you your, your peace, it costs too much. And I think that a lot of times when we look at money and energy and time, we always evaluate things on that spectrum. But when you can trade one of those to get back your peace, it's usually a valid decision and one that will serve you way more. I love that so much. Okay. So let's dig in to some of the things that we've learned this year and how it's going to inform next year's decisions and marketing and messaging and all those things. And one theme I think that everyone has been feeling this year is that like pull for connection and craving connection when we've been so isolated, both physically and mentally. So how did this kind of shift our messaging this year in 2020? And how's that going to roll into 2021 as we look at our marketing messaging? Yeah, I love this question because I think entrepreneurship in whole is a very lonely endeavor. And that's true for so many people. But then when you couple that with a pandemic, it can be a journey that feels so isolated, even without the added challenges of navigating such an unprecedented time. And I think this last year, we wanted to be incredibly mindful in our marketing to match the climate. Like we didn't want to come across as tone deaf. We didn't want to say things that made people feel a certain way that we weren't intending. And we wanted our sales pitches to feel more like invitations and these extended offers so that if people couldn't swing a purchase or it wasn't the right time or the right offer or the right level of investment, they wouldn't be left feeling like they were doomed for failure. Like we already feel doomed in so many ways (laughs) from the way that 2020 was. So the last thing we want is to be marketed at in a way that just makes us feel like we're never going to make it through. And so I think what was so smart is 
right at the beginning of the pandemic, we hit pause on everything and we went through every ounce of copy to make sure that the way that we were showing up and the way that we were selling and the way that we were inviting people felt like this inclusive journey and saying like, hey, here's this invite. You can RSVP no, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're ready or if you need help or if you want to save time or energy, here's this offer for you. And I think it totally shifted the way that we show up and especially the way that we sell. And another thing that we focused on more was just ways that we can connect our audience with one another. Like we have such a vast audience from Instagram to Facebook to our private communities. And so we would just do fun things each week, whether we invited people to leave a shameless plug and tell everyone what they do, or we would do these calls to connection in our private gold digger community. We basically wanted to kind of play matchmaker and try to pair people with other like-minded individuals to make this journey a little less lonely. I know with one of the affiliate launches we did, we had this Facebook community with a thousand people in it. And so many collaborations and connections were fostered in that community where now, even almost a year later, I see people still teaming up with one another and bouncing ideas off of each other. And it's just this really beautiful way to stay virtual, but to create that connection. And it's really interesting because when I think of like working into next year, I think the main focus has to be on almost like deconstructing certain things in order to build your dreams on a solid foundation. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like for so many entrepreneurs, like a lot of cracks were exposed in people's businesses or processes this year, including ours. And when we're called to be resilient and adaptable, we have to figure out how to not be left scrambling or trying to piece things back together. And so when I look at 2021 and kind of forecasting, I think the biggest focus has to kind of be getting back to the basics, those solid principles that don't waver, that allow someone to build their dreams with confidence and know that they're building on a steady foundation. Yeah. So it sounds like we have some retooling of our SOPs coming up. So (laughs) (laughs) standard operating procedure. Well, and it's funny because I just think that 2020 was this like revealing year in so many different ways, in the ways that we need to learn and unlearn certain things, but also in the ways that we systemize our lives. Because a lot of times we kind of just build it. It's like that whole idea, like if you build it, they will come. Or if you build it and you just create this repeatable process, you're going to just be smooth sailing. And I think 2020 was this year of revealing where it was like, oh, some of these processes don't really make sense or they don't allow you to be resilient and adaptable. And I know our team has had a lot of conversations around flexibility this year and (laughs) revealing that we think we're flexible, but only when we're in control of things. And so that's been kind of funny too. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about retooling those systems a little bit uh, in just a minute. But can you tell me, first of all, in the year of the Zoom, what ways have you seen people creatively connecting with their audience? Because I think we all have like Zoom fatigue and I don't want to go to a Zoom happy hour. (laughs) So what else is out there? Yeah. You know, it's so funny is it's like Zoom just like had the best year ever, right? (laughs) Like, 2020 was our jam. But I don't know about you, but I think Zoom meetings are more exhausting than like actual meetings because not only do you need to like look focused at a screen the entire time, (laughs) but like I'm a doodler. So I'm like, they probably think I'm not paying attention or there's been times where I've literally brought my laptop into our little room that has a stationary bike and biked while on a meeting to like feel productive or to like keep the blood flowing in me. So anyways, I I think one of the 
exciting things about 2021 is like with the release of Instagram Reels and this like very heightened focus on video and like not just video, but captivating video. I've loved being able to watch like different ways that people are approaching video, whether it's IG Live or IGTV. And it's been really fun because I know, especially at the beginning of quarantine, it felt like every time you opened Instagram, there was like 20 lives happening oh all simultaneously. I you remember just that? Say, yeah, I was just going to say that. So many lives. Yes. And I mean, there's something so fun about just like watching a conversation happen in real time when you know, like it's not edited or censored or people are just kind of dealing with what they've got. And I've also watched a ton, ton, ton of new podcasts pop up this year, which to me is like so exciting. And it gives people this chance to interview and connect with others and share those conversations with the world. And really, I think people are looking for just amazing ways to connect virtually. I've never done so many different like FaceTimes with my girlfriends from college or like group family FaceTimes. And so we're learning that it's possible through so many different platforms and that this like at home aspect, it's not just convenient. It's so relatable. Like I love when you see like a kid running through the frame or the dog barks and (laughs) it just makes you feel like, okay, we're all navigating this new space. There's that one commercial. I don't know. I think it's Folgers, but the mom is like on zoom and like the kid is behind her and she's like moving the mug to try to block the kid from her back. And I'm like, oh, this is so relatable. Or the other day when we were on our team call and I was like sprinting through my house trying to get the dogs to stop barking. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so funny. But anyways, back to the thing. One of the trends (laughs) that I've really noticed this year is that there has been a huge flux of online virtual summits and these free challenges and these different paid opportunities. And I personally love them. I think it's so much more feasible for someone to sign up and learn from home versus the whole process of like booking a flight in a hotel and being at a conference for a few days. And so I've personally loved the shift towards more online learning. And one added perk of the at-home aspect is that you're actually imprinting your mind with that newfound knowledge in a place that you will implement and live out those learnings. And so for me, I've always thought, you know, a lot of times people go to a conference, they get super hyped up and then they get home only to let life take over without ever actually implementing what they've learned. And so the virtual learning invites this new way of implementing right into your day-to-day life. And I am a huge fan of that. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, 2020 has given all of us our own Zoom embarrassing moment. Like when we were on our team call and my husband flushed the toilet because my office is like 10 (laughs) feet from the bathroom. Like, oh, can you guys hear that? Oh, so fun. So fun. Okay. So I guess in since we're getting into it already talking about reels and video on social media and how social media is going to change even more in 2021, how has your view or approach and feelings towards social media transformed this year? Because it's been a different year for social media. Yeah. It's funny. My book club is actually going to be reviewing a documentary as well as a book. We're doubling down this month virtually. But, you know, I don't know. Have you watched The Social Dilemma yet? We started it this weekend. We're halfway through. We're kind of in that phase where we can only sit on the couch for so long. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's this documentary on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet and you have Netflix, I highly recommend it. It's both eye-opening and it's terrifying. And you know what's so interesting Mm. is as someone who's in the digital marketing space, 
a lot of the information shared on this documentary wasn't new to me. They're talking a lot about how the algorithm works and how our devices are created to be addictive. And the thing is that really freaked me out about that documentary and like kind of made me take a step back from everything was that the algorithms are creating echo chambers for people. And I think this last year, it was so evident specifically around political information where the algorithm is basically just watching what you're clicking on and then giving you more of that to keep you on your device longer. And so it almost creates this like duality where it's like people cannot believe that somebody thinks differently than them, but they're only consuming information that is framed in one frame of reference. And so that really freaked me out. And then the other thing that freaked me out about that documentary is basically so many of the creators that created these algorithms to make these devices addictive admitted to the fact that they basically created something that is bigger than the creation itself. Like they know how it works, but they built it so intricately that they don't necessarily know exactly what it's doing and how it's doing it, but they know that it's working. And so that really, really freaked me out because it's almost like Frankenstein. It's like they built something that they can't control. And at the end of the documentary, spoiler, sorry. Okay, fine. Uh, so many of the creators were like, we will not let our kids have devices because we know how they were created. So these are the actual people that created the Facebook like button, created the algorithm, created the different way that ads are integrated into platforms. And then they're like, we won't give these to our kids. And I think that is so, so, so telling. And so it's been really interesting navigating this year in so many different contexts as a creator, as a marketer, as an influencer, as a mother. And I know it's caused me to pause even deeper. I've always just really questioned like, how does this play a role in our lives? And, and where is the line drawn in the sand between our real life and our online life? And what do we share and what do we not share? And you know, motherhood has only heightened all of those questions. And so a few things that we did this year that were really helpful, and I think we're still in a space of exploring, but we literally created a cabinet for all of our devices. We have this little hutch near our kitchen and Drew made like a charging station and everything lives in there, phones, iPads, computers. And so it allows us to just put them away out of sight, out of mind. We've always had the rule like no screens in our bedroom. And that's been so, so good for our mental health this year. But, you know, also just kind of establishing like, what do we feel comfortable sharing? How much do we want to share? How much do we want to show? What does privacy look like? I think there's just so many questions that are unanswered that I think will continue to be explored over the next few years. If you're looking at your end of the year to-do list, thinking the only way you're going to get it all done is if you can clone yourself, I have an option for you. No need to clone anything. The freelance talent at Fiverr is ready to jump to your side and assist with all of those final 2020 projects you want to wrap up. Need a video produced like yesterday? Find a video editor based on your budget and timeline on Fiverr right now. Need a copywriter to tackle those final blog posts or social media captions? There's a Fiverr freelancer for that too. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. 
Find exactly what you need and customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiating needed. I've personally used Fiverr to create custom animated videos for launches, and it was a game changer having that talent at my disposal during busy seasons. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code GOLDDIGGER. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com code GOLDDIGGER. Again, that's Fiverr.com code GOLDDIGGER. Who's feeling this pull to get crafty? My watercolor brushes are literally begging to see paint again, but I'll have to brush up on a few new techniques with Skillshare. Get it? Brush up. All puns aside, you can get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift this year with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. I'm very excited to take some me time and take the modern watercolor techniques class on Skillshare. When I spend so much time getting creative with words and digital graphics, it's truly therapeutic to pick up my brushes, hit play on a Skillshare class, and paint the day away. Whether you want to learn a new creative skill as a hobby or you're ready to improve your writing, photography, design, productivity, animation, video skills, and more, there's a Skillshare class for that. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Golddigger and get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash Golddigger. Yeah, it's so interesting, you know, working in this space with you. It's It can be a double-edged sword. Like we know what it does to us on a personal level, and yet we know the powerful tool it can be for business and connection and all of that. And so weighing it all together has really been a question at the forefront for you, I know, and, and for me and yeah. for our team. And then so now we just have to talk about it then, like for the good that social media can do for a business and for connection. It looks like Instagram is going to make that short form video format super important going into the new year. Like they just released that new app layout in November. I know we're talking about this in November, but it'll air in December. And the reels button is right on a prime spot in the navigation. So it's going to be important. So what does that look like for marketing? Like what are some beginner strategies to begin thinking about video where I know it's something that you've fought and a lot of people have Mm -hmm. fought for a long time. Yeah, it's so funny because I never got TikTok. Like I was never on it. Somebody stole my username. I remember. I told you, I was was like, go get your name. Yep. Nope. And by the time I went to get it, somebody already had it and they probably wanted to sell it to me for a lot of money. And I just signed off that app. And so it was super interesting when Reels dropped because I had zero experience in TikTok. I didn't understand it. I remember before everything hit this year in 2020, I was at our friend Katrina Scott's house and she loved TikTok and she was trying to explain it to me. And I literally felt like my mother, like trying to learn. (laughs) I'm like, I don't get it. But I think reels are super exciting. And the biggest thing when you start creating them is that you want to ask yourself, like, what do you want the person watching to get out of it? So you can use them to educate, to inform or to entertain. And I think that having a mix of those three things, education, information or entertainment is kind of the key to really doing well with reels. And 
you want to just experiment. I think a lot of times we look at systems as this like cut and dry way to do things, but like experimentation is usually how systems get created in the first place. And so reels are really fun to experiment with. I've done different things, just showing like little tiny glimpses into our life. I've done some informative ones showing just different hacks. I've done some ways to educate. And so it's just really fun to kind of try different things. And a few random random tips with them, but you want to show them in your main feed. So you can kind of choose if you want that little square preview to show up in your main grid. I highly recommend that because that'll pull people over to watch your reels and don't worry about them being perfect. The best part is that they're super short. So they give you this like super creative and eye catching opportunity to create content that people can consume. And I've noticed that they go way more viral or they have a way better chance of virality than just sharing a static image. So I have this reel and it's just of Drew and Coco. He sends me videos every day of what they're up to while I'm working. They were outside and and we've taught Coco over 2020, such a good reminder for all of us as adults, how to take really deep breaths and how to just like pause and take deep breaths. And one of our reels has like 2 million views and it's just him and her in the woods taking deep breaths. And so It's super interesting to see kind of what sticks and what does well. But I think they're super fun to learn. Just test, experiment, and get yourself out there in that way. And it's probably and likely to boost your engagement and to reach your audience in a new and fun way. I think when you think of video, you assume it has to be highly produced and super complex. But I think the Coco Reel goes to show that it's the simple moments that are most engaging and go the furthest on that platform. Yeah. And I think people this year are just craving more real life. Like this was something we were talking about last year before 2020 hit. And I think that there's just this need for us to feel less alone since we're already isolated. And so with Reels, it's such a good reminder. It's like Reels and R-E-A-L. Like people want that mix of just like being invited into kind of that messy, imperfect, but real life. And so pun intended, reels are for real. (laughs) (laughs) I'll link that reel in the show notes for this episode because it is just a nice little break in your day to take a deep breath with Coco. It really is. It really is. Okay, pivoting out of social media, I need to ask you as a course creator, as an expert, as like a well-known voice in the online education space, what do you think is on the horizon for 2021? Because I don't know if it's just my increased exposure to it, but it seems like 2020 was a big year for at-home self-education. And so I know, or I assume you've got some big opinions about what's going to happen next year. Yeah, I think it's been a really interesting year because the way that we learn has changed, but also the way that we teach has changed and the way that we absorb information and invite it into our lives has changed. And so, you know, it's interesting because there are tried and true methods like webinars where you're like, okay, how much longer can these go on for? These have been working for decades And the funny thing is, is that I think that so much of the sound marketing principles will stick around until the end of time. However, there needs to be room to tweak and adjust. So for example, a lot of the way that we do our selling is through webinars. They're informative webinars. Whether you buy something or not, you get something out of it. You learn, you grow, and you're expanded. But we recognize really early on, especially like myself, is like, I don't have the bandwidth to sit down and watch something for an hour. Like if I need to devote an hour to something, it has to be super valuable. 
And so we made different tweaks and we tested out different things this last year, like doing really short webinars, like under 10 minutes to just get to the point and to let people know, here's what you're invited into. And so I think a lot of 2021 is going to be going back to the beginning of this episode, looking at what worked, looking at what actually moved the needle, what drove the results, and then getting creative around different ways for people to consume and to consume the information that will guide them into the invitation. And so for us, we've been looking at our user habits and we even noticed things, Kylie, like different trends with the podcast, like people were searching more through the backlog, trying to find really specific information versus just playing every episode as it was published. And so we're seeing this need for specialized knowledge. And so with that, I think some of the things that people will need to focus in on are things like search engine optimization, making sure that things are going to be easily found for those specific specific searches, focusing in on Pinterest strategy, making sure that when people type in specific keywords, your items, your products, your offers, your invitations are at the top. And so it's not necessarily going to be about creating a ton, but it's going to be more about strategizing and kind of looking at like, okay, what are my own user habits as life as we know it has changed? How can I emulate that through the way that I market, through the way that I serve and the way that I show up? Okay. So the webinar is not dead. But we no. do need to give ourselves permission to experiment. <laughs> okay, I love that. I thought we were going to have a hot take. You heard it here first. Webinars are dead, but all right. So one of the things I wanted to, t- you know, we touched on it earlier, and now I really want to dig into it now is working ahead on our team is such a specialty. I think there's a high that comes to looking at our content calendar and being like, ooh, six weeks ahead, eight weeks ahead. And that used to be totally possible and the status quo for how we operated. But in 2020, when things were changing from day to day, it wasn't really a perfect system to work ahead and it didn't really serve us or our audience. So we're changing and implementing some things behind the scenes, but I'd love to hear how you think creating in batches and working ahead will look going into a year of potentially more unknowns. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think that literally like our secret sauce is just in our preparedness all the time. Like we are obsessed as a team with creating and being ahead and not being stressed. Like I've always said, like stressed work is not our best work. And so we are a team that strives to be ahead so that we can just like approach each day from a peace filled place. But with that has come this desire and this need to be able to be more malleable, to be more fluid in the way that we create and show up and serve. And so I think one of the biggest things is going to be more around the way that we plan. So planning more quarterly versus annually. You know, I've always been someone that looks more at annual plans as this like vision, not necessarily this like checklist, but like here's the vision for the year. You know, there's always room to add or subtract, but I think more so looking at a quarter at a glance. And one thing that I think is important to note is that our team is all women. And so that invites in unique challenges and invitations as well, whether it comes to like family planning or weddings or different things that are coming through the docket with our lives. And so, you know, it it comes with this desire for flexibility and leaving more breathing room to really make decisions that fit 
not just us, but fit the climate, fit our audience's needs, and that feel exciting to us. So I think the biggest change is going to be, you know, having this forward-facing vision, but also having that flexibility to be able to press pause or to create something new in a more time-sensitive manner. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. We were just kind of chatting through this over the last week, but we have a lovely teammate who is expecting her first baby. She's going to be going on maternity leave as we lead into the new year. And she's helping us get ahead, but we've kind of implemented a system to make sure that when that content that's worked ahead gets ready to air, that we're going back and checking, like, is this still relevant? Is the language sensitive? Does this make sense right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's so important for us to as creators, for anyone that creates things that are automated or on funnels or things like that, like it's important to take a step back and review specifically after the year that we've had to really just make sure like, is this communicating what I want it to communicate? And I don't know if you remember, but I remember it like it was yesterday is just even in March when everything started to hit, like we went through every piece of email copy, every piece of ad copy, like just because it was so important to us to make sure that we weren't being insensitive, but also that we weren't just hitting pause when people needed us the most, that we were reaching people with the right offers at the right time. So I think that flexibility piece has been something that's been deeply ingrained in us in the past year and something that will keep like leaning into moving forward. Yes, flexibility and pivoting. And we are just straight up gymnasts this year. At all right. of it. That's right. <laughs> okay. So we've talked a lot about what we're going to bring into 2021. But what are we leaving behind in 2020? What's not going to be part of our marketing plans anymore? I think the biggest thing that everyone needs to leave behind is pressured selling. I am so over it. Like I want people to approach selling as invitations and not pitches, giving people this like opportunity to easily opt in with confidence or opt out without shame. Like I don't want buyers that are only buying because they feel bullied into a purchase. And so I think gone should be the days where people feel guilted into purchasing something or feeling like they simply won't be successful if they can't afford something. And I want to have empowered purchasers. Like I think that in the language that we use, the way that we present our offers, the frequency of launching, the way that we pay attention to our consumers, the climate, the feedback that we get, like all of those things can help us to create offers that are irresistible for the right people and not repelling to those who are not ready or simply not the right fit. I think a lot of times when people start selling, they believe that it's their job to convince someone to purchase. And I think that we have to kind of lose that pressured approach and be so clear in the way that we invite someone into a paid opportunity that it's obvious that they can be confident that that was created with them in mind and that we get comfortable with repelling in a way that invites people to just say, hey, now is not the right time or that's not the right offer. You're not the right person for me to buy from without feeling a lot of feelings around all of that. I am all in on ditching the pressured selling. I mean, I felt like this year was kind of the resurgence of telemarketing in a way. Like how many times Mm -hmm. did your phone ring with people trying to sell you something or get you to check in on your car warranty or political calls. I mean, my phone was ringing off the hook and I was like, you know, I think my generation especially doesn't respond to that. But all of us are just getting tired of being forcefully led into a decision that doesn't feel right. 
Right. And it's like now is a time where people are having to choose like what is essential. And it's not our job to convince someone that something is essential. They'll know what they need. And I think that it just is a challenge for marketers and people that are selling anything to really get crystal clear on who your offer is for, what is the end result, and get really good at communicating that because you would way rather have confident buyers than be selling to people that just feel guilted into purchasing. Those aren't your people anyways. And so I would way rather make less sales with the right people than to kind of come at it with this hardball approach. Heck yes. Okay. Bring it home for us. What (laughs) are you excited to experiment with in 2021? Can I say baby making? I hope you <laughs> We're all excited for a potential new little JK running oh, around. I, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. We are really hopeful to kind of start the expansion of our family round too. And, you know, with that brings a lot of personal and mental challenges for me. You know, it took us three years to get to Coco. And, you know, I've always just wanted to have more than one child if we're lucky. And so... 2021 holds so many question marks in that way, just because it's our hope and our dream and our priority. And so with that comes this desperate need to be flexible, knowing that, you know, sometimes the outcomes aren't exactly what we hope for, or that the timing isn't exactly where we put it on our calendar. And so I'm really excited to like experiment with just a more fluid year and to prioritize like my health and hopefully a healthy pregnancy to allow the business to kind of just ebb and flow as we expand our family. And really, I feel like it's kind of this shift into almost a new era of my career. And I think since I've gone through it once before, and I just know how quickly time goes, I'm just really excited to kind of relish in that season. And I'm also a little trepidatious to be fully transparent because I was super, super sick with Coco. And so while I had mentally planned for things like a maternity leave, I hadn't planned for what happens when you don't feel well for the whole first half of your pregnancy. And so it's really interesting. But I think that the team that I have is like the best players for the roles to kind of be willing to ebb and flow with however that pans out. And I'm really excited, truthfully, to just kind of find this groove in the way that we create and serve an impact and to focus on the way that we not just create, but the way that we share those creations with the world. Because I think that we can make just an even bigger impact if we focus more on just really good strategy versus always be in production mode. So that's something I'm excited about too. I was going to say, I'll be thinking of you guys as you try for baby number two, but it felt like inappropriate to say I'd be thinking of you in the trying process. (laughs) But you know what I mean. I mean, you know what I mean. (laughs) I totally know what you mean. And it's been, you know, really interesting because I think it's made me kind of take a step back and just think, especially with a team of all women, it's really interesting how even just thinking about pregnancy or future pregnancies or children impacts kind of the trajectory of your career. And And, you know, having been through it once before, I can honestly say that like you have almost an entire year of being pregnant and then you have that entire first year of postpartum and kind of figuring out like, how do I be a mom and how do I have a career and what does that look like? And so this past year has just been such a a unique blessing to me in the sense of learning, like, how do I integrate my career in with the type of mom I want to be? And so 
it's really interesting to kind of feel like we're like throwing ourselves back in at square one and being willing to do that with this like deepened understanding of what that will all look like. And so, yeah, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. I think, you know, 2020 has just made me really, really focus on two main things, which is health and relationships. And that means that sometimes projects take the back burner and that, you know, we prioritize our health and our relationships first and that it's possible to do that while running a successful business. So 2021 will be really interesting. It sure will. Oh, man. (laughs) It has been such a gift to sit up to the mic with you once a month for the last couple of months. And I'm so grateful that the Gold Digger listeners haven't like booed me off the stage or like thrown (laughs) tomatoes. Like, it's just been really cool. This is a really cool opportunity for me. And of course, I just love learning from you and having these conversations. So I'm excited to enter another year, 2021, with you. And I was with you during your first pregnancy. So I feel like I am even more well-seasoned to prepare for the unknown with you next year. We've got this. Kylie, thank you so much for all of your hard work and dedication. I can genuinely and honestly say this show would not go on without you. So thank you for all that you've done. And Gold Digger listeners, if you have a second, jump onto the Instagram feed and type in a thank you to Kylie. She makes this show go on. And it's been such a fun, fun way for us to get to hang out and have conversations. So thank you, Kylie. Thank you, Jenna. Now I'm sweaty and blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, onward and upward to 2021. I think we are all ready for even just turning the page on the calendar and for this new approach and to take all of the learnings from 2020 into this new year. And I'm just so excited to see what the future holds. I am hope-filled and hopeful. And I hope that this next year just kind of reveals even more to us in the pursuit of chasing our dreams and digging our biggest goals. So ready. Let's do it. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.